Now, in this third session on Isaiah 9, 1 to 7, we come to this most familiar of all prophecies regarding uh, the birth of Jesus. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it, to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So we have seen that God had promised that there would be a movement among God's people from gloom to glory, and there would be a movement from darkness to light, and Jesus is going to be that movement from gloom to glory and darkness to light, and there would be a movement from sorrow to joy, great joy. There would be a movement from oppression under the yoke and the staff and the rod to freedom as it is broken, and there would be a movement from oppression to the actual serving of the people of God by the oppressor when his garments and his boots become fuel. And the question then becomes, okay, what's the replacement for that liberation? What will be the ruler now? And the answer is, the government will not fall upon us. The government will fall upon the shoulder of one who is now described here. So, Father, I pray that as we attempt to see briefly the glories of the description of the Son of God coming, born of woman, born as a human being in order to fulfill, in order to fulfill all these promises, that you would open our eyes, the eyes of our hearts, to know what it means that he's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father, and a Prince of Peace. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the government will be upon his shoulders, and everything hangs upon what kind of ruler he is. And that's what the rest of verse 6 is for. He will be a wonderful counselor, this governor. He will be a mighty God, this governor. He will be an everlasting Father, the one who rules and governs, and he will be a prince of peace. Now, before we dig into any of those, just notice the, the progression, and I think this is absolutely intended and essential. Counselor, our governor is wise. Mighty God, he is strong. Everlasting Father, He is caring. Prince of Peace, and He produces peace. Or the bigger shalom, all that goes with peace. So, infinitely wise governance, infinitely powerful governance, infinitely caring and loving governance, 
and leading to glorious peace. I think that's the idea of one, two, three, four names given to the child that is to be born and govern the world. Now let's take them one at a time. Wonderful Counselor. We know from Isaiah 28, 29 that this should be one phrase. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel. You know, sometimes translations treat this as wonderful, comma, counselor. So he's wonderful, that's a separate thing. But in view of Isaiah 28, 29, wonderful in counsel, we should probably take this as wonderful counselor. Counselor in two senses. Listen to Ephesians 1.11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, works all things according to the counsel of his will. So God is a counselor before he does anything toward us. He takes counsel in his own will and everything works together according to the counsel of his will. How does it relate to us? Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, it says in Romans 11. How unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways, who has known the mind of the Lord or who has ever been his counselor? So the point here is God's counsel is never improved upon by us. We have no business telling God what is wise he knows what is wise. We are not God's counselor. He's our counselor who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things. All counsel comes from God. But it does relate to us. Psalm 32, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. That fatherly counsel comes to his people as we trust him. Same thing in Psalm 73, 24, you guide me with your counsel, then afterwards you will receive me to glory. So wonderful in counsel, both in regard to himself, counseling himself in infinite wisdom, how to run the world, and mercifully sharing guidance with us as we need it. Mighty God, he is not only a wise governor, he's a very, very strong governor. And in the New Testament, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And this Word became flesh and dwelt among us, as it says in one fourteen to 18, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. Or Hebrews 1, in these days, last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. Unto us a Son is given, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. In other words, he is God. He is the mighty God and upholds the universe by the word of his power. Or as it says in Colossians 2, 9, in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And then 
everlasting Father. This is the most surprising one, that Jesus, the Son of God, the Son, is called the Father. What are we to make of that? Here's Isaiah 53.10. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him, Jesus. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. In other words, when Jesus dies for sinners and produces a family, in a sense, even though God the Father is uniquely the Father of all things, Jesus becomes a kind of father of those whom he brings into being as new forgiven creatures of God. Look what it says in John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans, he says to his disciples. In other words, fatherless. I will come to you. I will come to you. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while... And the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So, in the context where he describes himself not leaving them as orphans, but coming, that is, providing a parent, a father, he says, I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I in you. So there is a sense in which while the Father, God the Father, is our Father in the ultimate, primal, original sense, Jesus is Father-like in significant ways as he brings us into relationship to the Father. And finally, Prince of Peace, Isaiah 11. The wolf shall lie down with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and a child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall pull, put his hand in the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my mountain, my holy mountain." For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Peace at every level. Or, how does it come about for us, between us and God? He was pierced, Isaiah 53, 5. He was pierced, this Son, this Jesus Christ, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. So there's a, a healing peace with God that comes through Christ bearing our transgressions. As Paul says in Romans 5, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, declared righteous before God, we have peace with God through the Son, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the fullest statement of his peace working through the cross in Ephesians 2. He himself is our peace, 
who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God, both to God in one body. So we reconcile to God and to each other in one great act of redemption in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Jesus, the great peacemaker vertically and the great peacemaker horizontally. One last verse, John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Oh, no, so different. Do I give to you? Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So the point here is there's such violence in this surrounding context that when it says God is done defeating our enemies and takes the government upon the shoulder of this child, what kind of government will it be? And the answer is we will be led, we will be governed by a wonderful counselor, it will be infinitely wise. By a mighty God, it will be infinitely strong and no one can defeat him. It will be by an everlasting father. That is, it will have a fatherly care and provision and comfort to it. And it will be led by a prince of peace and the whole world will be transformed into a place of righteousness and peace, and we'll see another picture of that here next time.